While the world is quick to tell you all that it's against, Uptown Church wants you to know where for. We're for doing what's right and fixing what's wrong. We're for lifting up prayers and breaking down barriers. We're for the brightest, boldest, loneliest, finest, and most flawed among us. And most importantly, we're for you. Uptown Church. In the city. For the city. Many of us have heard that psalm, whether or not we grew up in church or are familiar with scripture, because it's most often read aloud or printed in a bulletin for a funeral service. And most of us, if we can't get up for church on a normal Sunday, we, we will go to the funeral, right? And Psalm 23 speaks of the goodness of God all throughout our lives. But what is most poignant about that psalm and why it's often shared at funeral services is because it says, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Today is a day in the life of the church, one that some of us are aware of. It's called All Saints Sunday. Now, if you grew up in a Catholic church or a more high church setting, meaning you didn't go to church in a bar, (laughs) then you probably have heard of All Saints Day or All Saints Sunday. 
And in the church, it is a special day on the church calendar. See, like many of us have calendars in which we mark important dates and moments of our lives, anniversaries, milestones. The Christian church also has a calendar in which we mark special moments and milestones of our faith that Christians for centuries have been observing. And in their observance of these days, they have grown more faithful in their reflection on what it means to follow Jesus what it means to live out faith in this world. And so today is one of those days, All Saints Day, and we particularly remember the funerals we have gone to, the people that we have laid to rest. But we also remember deep, deep, meaningful truths about ourselves. See, if you don't know what All Saints Day is about, here Okay, here we go. If you're not familiar with All Saints Day, here's, here's the deal. It is the one day, or one of a couple days actually, in the life of the church in which it is the great reckoning of all of our lives. It is the great leveling of our existence. Because when we come to this day, we drop all of the pretenses that we usually bring into spaces like this. Because many of us, when we go to churches, whether they be ornate cathedrals, humble abodes, or even the house of blues, we come into spaces like this, call it church, and we, we put on our you know, Sunday best. We come in with our best behavior. We keep it all together. I can still hear as a good Southern girl, my mother and my grandmother in church saying, sit up straight, be quiet. Don't say that in church, Joy. Don't be ugly. And saying, wear that bow proudly because the taller the bow, the closer to Jesus, amen. In Texas, they say the bigger the hair, the bigger the faith, right? And we come into these places and we exchange pleasantries like peace be with you and also with you. And we say things like, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. And how are you? Oh, I'm fine. But on All Saints Day, we drop all of that. We cut the... Because on All Saints Day, what we remember is that no matter how we live our lives, no matter how much we work to always live up and to the right, no matter what we do to win and to achieve, no matter what we do to look good and shiny and happy on the outside, we face the truth, the truth, the brutal truth that is true of every single one of us, no matter what our life experience is, no matter how much money we have in the bank or don't, no matter how successful we are or not, no matter where we come from, the truth about us that we will die and that we will experience great loss that everything that we know today will come to an end at some tomorrow. That's All Saints Day. Aren't you so glad you came to church today? <laughs> it's not the most happy 
day of the year. We don't get to be the happy, shiny people on All Saints Day. But we celebrate this day. We celebrate this day, and it's important to do so in the life of the church, even though everything in our culture pushes us to deny our death, to deny our finitude. We are told that we can Botox and detox and juice and yoga our way away from aging and decaying. We are told that if we just keep going and never stop, the party doesn't end. But we all know it does one day. A friend of mine outside of the Christian faith tradition said, why do you celebrate such horrible things in church? Life is hard enough. And she asked, what what is it even like? And I told her, it's kind of like going to a dress rehearsal for your own funeral. Like you just get to practice or reliving the funeral of the people that you love. And rightfully so, she asked me, why? Why would you do that? That's horrible. It may be holy, it may be sacred, but it's horrible. So why do we insist for centuries on remembering it and living it out as a community? And that's because the gospels remind us of one thing that it's easy for us to forget. And that is that we are not the masters of our own destinies that we are not the ones who hold all things in our hands. We are told that if we work hard enough in this culture and in this world, we can control it all. But we know deep down inside, we cannot. And something about that feels so wrong to us. But the good news is, there is good news. The good news is, as a gospel writer centuries ago told us, is that the truth will set us free. And Jesus told us, I am looking for those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. So on this day, this beautiful, brutal day, we gather and we worship, we face the truth about ourselves in spirit, hoping that in worshiping in spirit, we will find the truth and it will indeed set us free. See, one of the things that I think we fear most about death, and we fear the most in in remembering it, even in such spaces with intent and thoughtfulness is, is this, that death often and endings often feel so cruel for us and unfair for us because life is lost before the story is finished. Or sometimes chapters end in our life before the story of our life is finished. As that often we find ourselves facing down great loss, but there is still a story continuing, but without a main character, without a key writer. And it feels so unfair. Think about the people you have lost, that you will lose, the people who will lose you someday. Their lives will not be over. The story that maybe you began with them will continue. Your children hopefully will live beyond you, but you will not be there. The story continues except without you. And that feels gut-wrenching 
It feels hard to take in. When I think about this and I think about All Saints Day, um, I actually think about Star Wars. Now, you did not think I would get to the end of Uptown Church without referencing once more the gospel according to Star Wars, did you? I do not have the lightsaber today. But a few years ago, do you all remember that when they were finished um, with the Star Wars, they started coming out with, uh, maybe even before they were finished with the Star Wars, Uh, they started coming out with the side stories, like kind of some of the anthology stories that came out. And I remember going to see the first one and I was a little upset because, I mean, it's not gonna be that good. It's not the Star Wars, it's just like a side story. But I had to like keep the tradition alive of seeing these movies. So I went and saw it. And it is actually to this day my favorite Star Wars movie of all time and probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's this one, Rogue One. Did anyone like this movie too? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This movie is my favorite movie of all time because of how it ends. The last five minutes of Rogue One makes the entire movie. If it's been a while since you've watched it, let me recap for you real quick. The whole movie follows these main characters, these rebels who have learned that the secret weapon of the evil empire led by Darth Vader, um, the Death Star, has a flaw. And if they can just get a hold of the data plans for the flaw that is built into this super weapon, the Death Star, they can give it to the Rebel Alliance and, and have a shot at beating Darth Vader and the Empire. And so that's what the whole movie centers around, this odd group of people going rogue to help save the day. And they're successful, but, but they reach the end of their journey, they reach the end of the story, And instead of them riding off into the sunset or riding off on a spaceship out into outer space and continuing on with their lives, the movie ends with them, two of the main characters, on a beach, and that is an explosion behind them as they are obliterated. The movie ends with all of the main characters, the people that you have followed for hours, the people who are successful and what they have set out to do, and then they die. I remember that happening in the movie, and I wanted to get out and walk out of the theater. I was so angry. I was like, you can't do that. I have just invested in these people and their mission, and they are gone? That is un. Fair. The story's not supposed to end. How cruel. I mean, I grew up with fairy tales. The, her- the heroes and heroines, they ride off into the sunset. They're deeply in love and everything in the world is right. That's how the stories end, right? Happily ever after. And here it's all over. Thankfully, I didn't get out of the movie theater because the movie goes on for another couple minutes. And what you learn and those final few minutes of the movie, after you just have been gut punched to see your favorite characters, these lovable people obliterated, you get a scene that cuts to Darth Vader and he is in this hallway on a, a, a ship. 
I don't know all the names, but he's on this hallway and he's trying to board one of the Rebel Alliance's ships because he realizes that this crew was successful in delivering the data for the Death Star's weakness to the crew on this ship. And so he is there to take them out, to stand in their way. But these faithful soldiers aren't gonna let him. And you see for 30 seconds or one minute, and it's so powerful, they have this disc of data and they're just passing it as they're getting taken out by Vader. And they pass it back and they pass it back and they have this urgency, get it where it needs to go. Don't let it drop, don't fail. Keep going, keep going, keep running. And their life ends, but someone else then picks it up and keeps going and then their life ends and someone else picks it up and keeps going and their life ends and someone else keeps it going. And finally, they get to the end of the hallway and they pass off this disc and the spaceship takes off and leaves Darth Vader and they're safe. And you realize that the person who it's been passed off to is none other than Princess Leia. And this is the opening scene for the entire Star Wars saga, A New Hope. She gets the details. They achieve their mission. And what feels like in Rogue One, the ending of the story is actually the starting place for hope. And it reminds me of us, of All Saints Day. Because what we sometimes wrongly assume about our lives and our stories is we often think that what God calls us to start, God has ordained us to finish. We oftentimes think that what God calls us to begin, the stories God calls us to embark on, those journeys, that we are the ones who have to finish them. But that's not how it usually works for most of us. That's not how life works. Most of us will reach the end of our life before the ending of our story. And that feels hard. But the incredible thing in Star Wars, but really the incredible thing about our faith and a church planter, one of the very first church planters in the Christian church in the first century writes about this, is that our stories, what God starts with us, doesn't end with us. And God is the one that continues it on that our stories and our lives and the moments that God has moved in this place in your life with your friends and with your family do not end even if you find yourself at the end. And that's the great hope that All Saints Day gives us is that we have to face the brutal truth that things do end, but the hope of all of it is that we never carried it in the first place. It was never just ours. It was always God's. God has always been the master of your destiny, of your life, of our lives, and of all existence. And God is the one that is faithful to complete it. In fact, this early church planner who speaks of this encourages the early church who is learning this fact. And she says this, 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that entangles us and let us run with perseverance. I can't say words. Perseverance, the race marked out for us. She says, run your race. Run your leg of the race. Don't grow weary. Don't grow tired. Run with perseverance. She says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the one who is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Other translations say, Jesus who is the author of our faith, the one who began the story and the one who will ultimately finish the story. Put your faith and trust in him. Because even for the joy set before him, when he faced an end, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. There was resurrection. And she said, consider him who endured such opposition so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider that Jesus knows how you feel and has been there too. Don't grow weary. That same Jesus, the one who rose from the grave, he's living and breathing here now and in your life and continuing on the story even when you are gone. The legacy, the saga doesn't end. And she goes on and, and for, for chapters, or for verses in a long chapter, she says, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his authoring. And by faith, Abel still speaks to us today, even though he has passed on and is dead. See, she says, you know that great cloud of witnesses? You can not grow weary. You cannot grow tired because you can remember how they lived and what their life stood for and that that story still speaks and that God is still writing it and God is still carrying it on and the legacy doesn't end. That it's not over just because one thing is ending or because one life has ended. She says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were their heirs. And she goes on, and what more shall we say? I do not have time to recount everything and everyone. I could tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and David and Samuel and all of the prophets who through faith, they conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames and escaped the edge of the sword. Whose weakness was turned into strength and who became powerful in battle. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Friends, just because we got to start something does not always mean we get to finish something. It was same, the same for these heroes of faith and patriarchs the same for us and it will continue to be the same for those who come after us. 
But as Christians, we don't have to grieve these losses or endings without hope. They can be sad, but there is hope because God is the one who ultimately holds and brings all things together for our good. So today, the band's gonna come back up in just a minute and we're gonna sing through Psalm 23. This song, this psalm that is often shared at funerals, because not only does it speak of the goodness of God at the end of our lives, that even if we face death in the darkest valleys, God will be with us, but it speaks of God as the gracious host, the God who all through life shepherds every season and moment whose goodness and mercy, no matter what the circumstances, chases us down, follows us, and is the one who sustains us. So as they sing that song, I'm gonna invite you to come down. We have votive candles. And as you feel led and as you feel like you want to, everybody is welcome to participate in this, whether you are a member of this church or a member of any church or not, it does not matter. If you feel led, you can come light a candle and say a prayer. Remember a saint in your life, somebody who showed you and reminded you what it means to love. Remember your own finitude, that you are dust. From dust you came and to dust you shall return, but that is not the flaw in the design. That is the great setup for the divine glory of God. How amazing that in our brokenness and finitude, the infinite God would infuse grace and meaning into every moment. Because we face loss and our lives end, it doesn't mean our lives are not meaningful. It actually is infinitely more meaningful because God shows up in the small and the big and carries us through. While the world is quick to tell you, all that it's against. We want you to know what we are for. We're for open doors and open minds. We're for lifting up prayers and breaking down barriers. We're for sinners, saints, believers, skeptics. We're for people, all people. We believe in a loving, gracious, and kind God. We believe in love without strings and grace without merit. We believe in the relentless pursuit of diversity and equality. We believe the church is not a building. It's when we live out our faith. We believe Jesus is always with us. Thanks for listening today. And we want, want you to know Church? that everyone Church is welcome at Uptown Church. Church. And be sure to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. for in-person worship at House of Blues in Dallas. God is with you. God is for you. Go in peace.